Welcome back. We got an action-packed show for you guys today, filled to the brim. Brandon Ng here alongside Connor Cragen. How you doing, Connor? Uh, I've been better. My throat's a little bit sore, so I'm just going to apologize to the listeners at the outset here, but uh, I'm here to give you guys the content, and I know I know you guys love it, so I'm taking one for the team here, and uh, just glad to be here. As we always are. We have a lot of new segments. We got some current events we have to talk about. Our first waiver analysis, briefly touch on the game of the week. We have power rankings, and we're going to get to the week two matchups, and we have a special treat at the end. So stay tuned. Very uh, exciting podcast, lots to cover. So uh, let's just get right into it. I would say first we have a major, and I'm, I'm talking major, breaking news story. Not even about a certain player, Brandon, but about two CFL teams. Because as of last week, we all thought that the Buffalo Trunky Coastal Kids had won their matchup. And now it appears, according to ESPN scoring, that Not Guilty has actually overtaken the kids and won Week 1's matchup by .6 points. What do you think of that, Brandon? Well, we went into we went to bed Monday night thinking, oh, well, Watson and Kamara, what a what an effort to carry the kids over Cosby and you know, I'm I'm looking at it recently and point six, what happened? I am a little bit heartbroken for the kids. You you just don't see a Monday night effort like that. That that was like, you know, one for the history books and now it has been snatched away. I don't know we were looking, Brandon. I mean, you can I'm sure talk to this as well, but we couldn't find any indication for which player's score was adjusted. Um, you know, we're kind of hoping that maybe either Andrew or Colin might have taken a screenshot of the scores from last week, but we don't know where that point six came from. No, uh, we said Watson and Kamara would have to put up uh, a Herculean effort with about 45 points, and they did that, about 30 for Watson and 16 for Kamara. But I can't figure out where these point adjustments are. We thought possibly it was a a kicking change with um, Justin Tucker for the for not guilty, but other than that, it, it could be a defensive scoring change. I'm not really sure. I think the biggest surprise to me is that no one has realized this until now. It's been what five days? I mean, today's Friday, so. Five days have passed, and people don't know that the kids actually lost to not guilty. The kids are like, I'm going 2-0, and man. I'm going to take down Seth. And now he's... <sighs> oh. Such a shame for the kids. Just just a real buzzkill to start the season. You know, We all thought the kids might have turned the franchise around. You know, New location, <laughs> new look offense. But, but starting out 0-1, I mean, I'm in the same boat. It's just... It doesn't feel the same, and uh, who knows? Maybe this is um, the re-resurgence of not guilty. So we'll get back. To, we'll get that to that in the uh, the power rankings. But just thought the whole entire CFL should know that not guilty, in fact, did win the week one matchup. Uh, at least according to you know Brandon and my uh, views on the ESPN scoring. So. You know, obviously major news for the league, and I'm sure we will all be talking about it. Just shocked that no one saw this until now. We were we were looking to do our analysis, and I realized, I said, oh, I thought the kids, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought the kids uh, 
won that matchup last week, and then I'm looking, and sure enough, it's that point six points. So just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I was ready to put the kids in at least the top five, and now I'm not sure where where to rank them. But let's move on to a few other notable events. Um, Nick Foles placed on IR. Gardner Beowulf Minshew, he's going to step up for the Jaguars. Nick Foles not eligible to return until week 11. How does that affect the Jags pass catchers? Uh, Honestly, I think it could be a lateral shift. I don't think it's going to be as um, negative as maybe some other analysts believe. Um, Gardner Minshew, I mean, he's a rookie. I think he's got a good arm from what I can tell. I think anyone that took D.D. Westbrook or anyone like him was drafting them pretty low. Uh, in terms of in terms of our league, Bryce had Foles as his QB3, so obviously the loss could have been a lot worse. Uh, he picks up Andy Dalton in free agency, which I think is a good pickup. And in fact, I feel like Andy Dalton's ceiling could be a lot higher than Nick Foles' is, considering the offense that he's in and the potential pass catchers that he's throwing to, especially when A.J. Green comes back, so... At least for Bryce's sake, this actually could have been a, a good move. Yeah, not too big of a loss as NLS's QB3. Um, but also, Mike Williams for the San, um, not San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, he's possibly not going to play week two. Yeah, and Hunter Henry's out. So you're looking at a, a Chargers offense that really will run through, you know, Eckler. Uh, Eckler and. Um, you know, they've even talked about the possibility of bringing back Antonio Gates for like the billionth time. Oh boy! Uh, who knows if that's actually going to happen? But uh, also, Keenan Allen, of course, is going to keep balling. But it is it is important to keep in mind that maybe some of the defensive uh, attention will be you know more on Allen now, and he might have a hard time getting open. Yeah, they're still expected to do very well. They play the Lions this week, and you're starting. You're starting Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler if you have them. But as a whole, the Chargers might need to rely more on defense. Absolutely. So the the next kind of breaking news that we have, um, even more, I would say, significant was the injury to Tyreek Hill. Uh, It's expected that he's going to miss four to six weeks. You obviously saw the the breakout that Sammy Watkins had uh, in week one. Brandon, how do you see the Chiefs? Uh, receiving core playing out the next at least the next four to six weeks and even thereafter well I think Sammy Watkins is obviously the number one and he's almost the set it and forget it I'd say if we look at other Chiefs Damian Williams is going to be more involved in the passing game now you have to take a look at Nicole Hardman who's on the land sharks and you got to be careful starting him but he's worth taking a look at and monitoring from from here on out yeah i agree um i think sammy watkins you can start as a good wide receiver two wide receiver three and not really worry but any other of the other pass catchers i think you do have to take some pause i do think this improves the value of damian williams as you said and also Lashawn mccoy to some extent we'll get some of that pass catching work uh last bit of news here brandon how do you feel about the injury to darius geis who is a tiger well I'm not happy. He was my flex running back, and he has a torn meniscus, and he visited Dr. James Andrews, who's an orthopedic surgeon for who deals with the Washington Redskins a lot, and 
he did a cleanup on Geis, and it doesn't look good for him. He's probably looking at anywhere from four to eight weeks recovery, and he might not have the same pop in his step anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too excited about Adrian Peterson's um, potential. I mean, we'll get into that with the waivers, um, but I, I don't think this... I think it's certainly a downgrade for any of the Redskins' uh, skill players going forward. Yeah, they're going to be trailing a lot now. You know, the, their the original plan was to ground and pound, and now I think they're going to be throwing it, throwing it a lot with uh, Case Keenum. Yeah, I agree. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to these um, the waiver claims. Brandon, why don't you uh, take us through the four waivers that were taken uh, on Wednesday morning? Well, not guilty. Clearly struggling at the tight end position had Eric Ebron and Kyle Rudolph for week one. I think they combined for eight yards. (laughs) So he uses his waiver on TJ Hawkinson, who had a monster, monster game for the Lions, 120 something yards and a touchdown pass. He's going to be their not guilty tight end moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a great pickup. Um, I certainly would have done the same thing if I didn't already have two tight ends that I was comfortable with. So great pickup for uh, not guilty. Uh, the second waiver, I'll, I'll take this one. You know, it was my own. <laughs> I took uh, Terry McLaurin, who was the rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State, I believe, who was on the Redskins. Uh, he had uh, about, I think, 15 points last week, got some deep balls, caught a touchdown. Uh, he is actually going to be my wide receiver three this week because I'm a little bit unsure about Emmanuel Sanders' matchup with the Bears. So I feel like he's going to be one of those receivers that I can slot in at wide receiver three or flex Mm. if I really need to, maybe on some bye weeks and stuff like that. So I thought he would be a good pickup just to add some receiving depth on my team. Yeah, he used a, what, uh, waiver position number three on him? Yeah, I think I was four. Oh, four. Okay. Well, it's worth a gamble. Um, Redskins offense, not sure how that's going to play out, but worth worth a shot. Also on the Redskins, Adrian Peterson now stepping up for Geis. He's going to Game of Jones. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure how I feel about this pickup particularly. Um, I'm looking at Bobby's roster now, and he's not even starting Adrian Peterson. He's got him sitting on the bench. He's got Robert Woods in at the flex, along with Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. So I'm not sure if using a waiver on him was <clears throat> really worth it, considering that. Darius Geis' injury might not be terribly long, so I feel like maybe that would have been a better free agent pickup than uh, using a waiver on a guy who might not even be playing more than four or six weeks. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Adrian Peterson is one of those weekly starters. Especially, he's going to be game flow dependent, matchup dependent, and considering the Jones have four very capable wide receivers, I don't see him playing starting at the flex anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. And then this last waiver that we had was the kids picking up uh, Giovanni Bernard on the surface. I also didn't really like this pickup, wasn't really a fan. But when you look at Andrew's team, he also has Joe Mixon, who's questionable. So I feel like he might have been doing it just for insurance purposes. So I can't really fault him for that. I don't think he was too high on the waiver list anyway. So um, not going to give him too much of a hard time for picking up a guy who I don't really see being a breakout weekly starter yeah i'm not seeing this waiver claim as a big issue i mean he was like a seven or eighth waiver mixon not 
uh, 100% ready to go. He has an ankle issue. So, you know, if, if Gio Bernard gets some good service for the next week or two, I'm fine with that waiver claim. Yeah, I agree. So uh, let's move on to the games of the week. Uh, last week, I th- we picked some fantastic ones, Brandon. You had the Texans and the Saints, which obviously turned the tide or, or not for the kids. <laughs> Should have. Should have. Yeah. And uh, I picked the Colts and the Chargers, which also proved to be a good game overtime matchup. So, Brandon, who's your game of the week for week two? Uh, my game of the week would have to be the Vikings at the Packers. It's going to be a fun divisional game for the NFC North fans. We'll get to the matchups later, but the Griffins are heavily invested in this game. So it should be fun. We'll see if Aaron Jones can step it up. We'll see if Rodgers can do anything with against a still very difficult defense. But And uh, for Vikings-wise, we're going to hopefully see more of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yeah, I agree. So uh, my pick of this week is going to be the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Uh, Raiders coming off a divisional win last week against the Broncos, so I'm curious to see if they can keep the momentum going. Uh, Also, you've got two teams that have suffered some injury uh, losses last week, I mean, notably with Tyreek Hill, but also on the Raiders, you lose Antonio Brown, and so now you've really got Tyrell Williams in that number one, that true number one, receiving role, so I'm curious to see how he will do against a, a, a leaky Chiefs secondary. So I think there's a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball that it'll be curious to monitor their production going forward. So I think it's a fun divisional matchup again, just like yours, and I'm excited to watch it. And my boy Darren Waller, right? <laughs> Waller the baller. Uh-huh. It'll be fun. Um, hopefully Derek Carr can step up and see what, what he can do against a bad secondary. Let's move on to power rankings. First time for the for the year. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. So well, let me just explain this sec- section. So uh, as you all know, last year Brandon did his weekly column for the power rankings. This year we've decided to add it onto the podcast. So what we're going to do every week is we're going to independently do power our own power rankings, and then we're going to kind of combine them into aggregate them into a, a joint. Brandon and Connor power rankings every week uh and we're gonna go in reverse order so brandon who do we have at number 10 well you talked about my column last year i'm pretty sure i had them finishing at 10 last year it's gonna be the bears starting it off at 10 oh not again (laughs) not again yogi yogi bears da bears yeah not really a great start last week um i think they got blown out by seth it'll be interesting to see Le'Veon bell's production going forward without the possibility of Sam Darnold for a few weeks. But yeah, just a lot of uh, question marks on that roster. Mm -hmm. And certainly, again, dependent on the Bears week in and week out. Who do you have for number nine? Number nine, we have the game of Jones. And so I know Bobby did put up uh, a decent amount of points last week, but he's got some questions at running back, particularly Aaron Jones and uh, David Montgomery. Not, not sure if they will be weekly starters. Also, you've got a lot of uncertainty with Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams. So there's a lot to really wonder about the completeness of this roster as well. Yeah, I'm a little scared at running back aside from Nick Chubb. Montgomery, not really the lead back in Chicago and Aaron Jones. So, But his wide receivers are very good. 
So who do you have at number eight? Or who do we have at number eight? Well, we had no argument. We had a consensus for this one, and it was yourself, the Beagles. Very disappointing. Not happy with this. Yeah, not too pleased. I mean, you put up a valiant effort to try to win week one, but there's there's some there's a few question marks you had last week. Um, your running backs didn't carry, well, specifically James Conner, who who did not do much against the the Pats. Yeah, I'd say I'd say James Conner and Baker Mayfield, two guys who I picked very high, and if they don't perform uh, at their ADP that I drafted them at, uh, then my team's gonna have a lot of problems going forward. Yeah, they let you down, you know. I mean, and um, the kicker—I don't—I don't know what you were thinking of kicker, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Starting Matt Bryant with a big fat goose egg. Yeah, I only lost by six points. That makes me really mad when you just lose by, you know, kicker just getting two field goals or something. Yeah, he got nothing because Falcons were trailing the whole game. They went for two two-point conversions, and you know that's unfortunate. Who do you have at number seven? Number seven, we have not guilty. So even though they did squeak out that win, apparently, against the kids last week. Apparently. Just very Patriots heavy. Again, I mean, we're going we're gonna to keep harping on this until Colin changes his ways. But He's been doing it for years. Why change now? I do think with Antonio Brown that Tom Brady's stock has gone up. But still some question marks at running back and flex. Uh, you know, we've got James White and Philip Dorsett. So... I would say not guilties might move up our rankings after they play the Dolphins this week, but you know, as of right now, we've still got them at number seven. Mm-hmm. And why don't you continue with number six? Number six, we do have the Tigers. You know, you did win last week, but you know, just some question marks with Antonio Brown. Aaron Rodgers did not really have a great performance. Was against uh, the Bears' defense. Yeah, but, you know, even still, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to see how, you know, DK Metcalf and Darren Waller uh, perform in these upcoming weeks. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, High-risk, high-reward kind of guys. That's my typical way. So who do we have at number five, Brandon? So we got the, we got the Griffins at number five. And they played you. It was pretty close, 127 to 121. Yeah, and he would have won by a lot more if he had played uh, Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we've got them, uh, you know, ranked where they are and maybe not a little bit higher. But I do think Austin's team does have a lot of potential in these upcoming weeks with the injuries uh, to Tyreek Hill. So, again, good roster. Uh, He does have an empty flex spot right now. So, Austin, you better get on that, put your flex in. Yeah, But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you had Josh Jacobs, who, uh, after Antonio Brown's departure, he looks like he's going to be the bell cow. Two touchdowns last week. Yep. So at number four, we have the kids. They did lose, and we do have to highlight that, and that's maybe why we didn't have them at three or two. But um, still a great performance by a team that's historically been very bad. Um, Deshaun Watson, 30-pointer. Kamara, I think, was close to 20. I think really the only question marks here would be Joe Mixon, and if he gets injured, uh, also Miles Sanders. We don't know if that's going to be more of a committee or how that's going to shake out. Yeah, and the wide receivers are still kind of boom or bust. Tyler Lockett didn't have a consistent game. It was all on one touchdown pass. Kenny Galladay was outperformed by Hawkinson and Danny Amendola. And DJ Moore quietly putting up respectable numbers. So who do we have at number three? Well... 
This team was very good. Looked out of the gate at the one o'clock games, like could pull off an upset. Didn't happen. Played too tough a team. It's the Sharks. This makes me grumpy. This <laughs> makes me grumpy that the Ravens did so well. And I mean, I knew they were going to do well. I did say that. Uh, I didn't realize they were going to do that well. Grumpy but, John. Uh, yeah, they uh, grumpy John. Yeah, John wasn't too grumpy after this performance. I mean, he was because he lost, but. Uh, his team certainly has a lot of promise. You've got Lamar Jackson with seemingly, you know, very high upside. Derek Carr, I think, is going to have a, a, a year where he might outperform his his uh, ADP. So I think that's good for John. And you've also got receivers, you know, Hopkins, that's a set it and forget it. Odell, I think, should have a bounce back week against the Jets. And uh, Diggs is always kind of a factor when they play Green Bay. So uh, there's a lot of upside with this entire roster. Yep. I mean, again, we keep talking about it. Wide receivers are very nice. Running backs have a few questions. And quarterbacks, it's going to be something we'll we'll talk about all season. So at number two, we have our typical blizzard. Typical Seth riding the top. I don't know how he's doing this every year, but... Picks the same um, team, basically. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's Friday. You know, watching last night, he had two players... That did very well, and we'll get into that when we talk about the matchups. But he goes for his, you know, typical safe players. You've got Prescott, you know, Gurley, Michael Thomas, Austin Hooper at tight end. We'll see how that plays out. But you know, on paper, I don't. I never really like Seth's team, but that they always they always end up surprising me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on. I mean, Henry, he's just not a guy I like, and yet he always puts up these nuts games. You know, Sony Michelle. We'll see how he turns out. Not a great week one, but in New England, he has been the guy at times carrying over 20 carries. We'll see how this plays out. I would say um, the only only concern I have with this roster would be the bench. Uh, beyond Matthew Stafford, I'm not really seeing too many other players here that I really get excited about. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Sterling Shepard dealing with some injuries. Eli Manning passing to him, not that great. Matthew Stafford as QB3. Jordan Reed always banged up. It's it's a it's a shaky bench. And so last but not least, at number one, process of elimination, we have SUNY No Lady Stuff. Brandon, why don't you talk about this team? No Lady Stuff is always at the top. Why is that? Well, it's just Bryce. He's got a good system going. I don't know what he's doing, but he's got arguably, maybe not even arguably, he's got the best running back trio, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler, and after pulling off that trade with the Griffins, he's looking good. Yeah, I guess we, we haven't really talked about that trade yet, but Bryce did uh, improve his re- receiver depth. I would say that's really the only concern for this team. Dede Westbrook, just got to see how he's going to perform with Minshew at quarterback. Uh, but yeah, you can't argue with the running backs there. Definitely the draft trade with Austin seems to be paying paying off, taking Elliott at eight. You know, the risk is is the, you know paying off for him and Eckler the late round steal is uh at least based on week one is paying huge dividends so I think NLS is gonna continue to dominate this league until uh, perhaps he makes some either bad roster decisions or you know we see something change in the way his players are performing yeah the only thing I I would be concerned for NLS would be the wide receivers and he did make that trade for a couple extra guys. D.D. Westbrook with Beowulf and um, 
Julian Edelman now. It'll be something to monitor, but these guys will always be putting up a good 140. Yeah, I agree. So those are our power rankings. Hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, we're going to get into the week two matchups now. So we're going to keep a running total of how many matchups that Brandon and I each predict correctly. We, we thought we had it set, and then once we figured out about the kids and not guilty, we had to adjust our, our choices. Yeah, so it looks really bad now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Brandon only got two right, and only, I only got one right. So we're, we're basically starting off at the very minimum here. So we're going to try to improve this week. Yep. So why don't you talk about the first matchup here, Brandon? Well, we're going to talk about the kids and the blizzard to start it off. One thing to look at is Tyler Lockett and Joe Mixon are dealing with some injuries and Lockett's dealing with a back injury and it's not looking like it'll deter his status for week one. And Joe Mixon is dealing with the ankle injury he he suffered from the first week. And I mean, he picked up Gio Bernard. These would be the only concerns I have. He's starting everyone else he's got. I think the biggest matchup for me uh, for this CFL matchup would be the Saints and the Rams. So you've got Kamara and Gurley going head-to-head as the RB1s. And then you've also got uh, Michael Thomas, who's on the Blizzard squad. So there's obviously a lot of high-octane, high-potential performers there. So I really feel like that's, that's the NFL game to watch for these two. Yeah, and just quickly, the Blizzard lost Hunter Henry for a good four to six weeks with a tibia plateau fracture. He's got he picked up Austin Hooper. We'll see how he does with uh, Falcons versus Eagles this week. Yep. So let's move on to the second matchup here. Who who do you have winning this one? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I I am gonna I I have the kids winning in a a rebound performance this week. Wow. I I think they did well enough, and I think they're gonna defeat the reigning champs. Really? Huh? Even with those question marks? Yeah. I I think uh, I think. Andrew's got some roster decisions to make, and uh, I'm, I think he's going to make the right ones. All right. Well, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to stick with what's been good for quite some time. I'm going to stick with Oswego Blizzard on this one. Okay, so let's move on to the second one. This is, you know, very special for the podcast. We have the Bethlehem Beagles versus the Binghamton Tigers. So I'll start this one off if you don't mind. Okay. I think, you know, not a lot of overlap in terms of our players. We do have Kyler Murray and David Johnson. Mm. So that'll be fun and exciting to watch, you know, the running back and the quarterback. Uh-huh. If uh, David Johnson gets a receiving touchdown, then, you know, we're, we're just kind of sitting there. I'm all in on the Bills this week. So I've got I've got the Bills defense playing the Giants. I have Devin Singletary playing the Giants. I have Josh Allen playing the Giants. And I have Evan Engram, who I think is just going to be the only productive Giant. So... I'm actually going to be benching Baker Mayfield this week in favor of Josh Allen against the suspect Giants defense. Really? That's a that's a bit surprising considering it's fun to have a Monday night game, especially if your opponent has a Monday night game. But you are invested in four of those players for the Giants-Bills game, and I will be closely monitoring that one. Yeah, I am a little nervous about the Browns defense, especially now that... Sam Darnold is out of the game, and so I think they might just be murdering Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Miles Garrett. That does give me a little bit of pause, and you know maybe I'll end up switching my quarterbacks out before Sunday, but I, I think Josh Allen's got a lot of potential this week. 
And uh, you know, I think Baker's got to he's got to show me a little bit more than he is before you know before I trust him again. Wow. I think Wentz is really the true uh, quarterback one on this team, at least going forward for now. Tough love for Coach Cragen on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Antonio Brown about to make his first start as a Tiger. I hope, and he plays a juicy matchup with Miami Dolphins. You also, I just realized, you also do have Saquon Barkley in the Giants Bills. So we we got we're all in on this Giants Bills game right now. Oh yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Barkley scores a touchdown. Bills defense goes down. <laughs> yeah, or if Barkley fumbles, uh, Bills defense recovers. Then that's major. Well, it's like a, what three point four point swing? What did he fumble once last year? Maybe. You know, past history does not indicate future outcomes, so <laughs> okay. we'll keep that in mind. All right, next matchup, <clears throat> we've got the Griffins and versus wait. the Land Sharks. Oh, I'm sorry, I keep jumping the gun here. It's okay. We got we got a lot. We have a lot to cover this one hour. I think, Obviously, I think our, we're gonna go with each other, each our own teams, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, it would be you know we, we gotta make this a little interesting. So I'm picking my Beagles. You're gonna pick your Tigers. Uh-huh. So we'll make it a little fun. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Down the road, we'll... Uh, can't can't abandon your team this early in the season. Yeah, not not yet. So let's go to Griffins and the Land Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to start this one off? We got a juicy matchup for the Sharks this week. We got the Ravens who play the Cardinals, the Browns who play the Jets, and the Raiders who play the Chiefs. So I like John's matchups this week. He's got Lamar and Mark Ingram ready to feast on the Arizona Cardinals. Odell's about to blow up the secondary and Derek Carr, they're going to be trailing against the Chiefs. He's going to have to air it out. This is a good sign for John and the Sharks. Yeah, I think what's interesting is that you have Derek Carr on the Sharks, and you've got Josh Jacobs on the Griffins. And so, you know, last week they were both they were both did pretty well. And I'm curious to see, again, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, John Gruden's strategy for attacking this Chiefs defense, I think, could decide this matchup. Yes, certainly. If Josh Jacobs gets the workload he got last week, over 100 yards and two touchdowns, this could be all but over for the Landsharks. Uh, I will say that as well, that Austin is heavily invested in heavily invested in the Packers and Vikings game, as well as the, the Raiders and Chiefs game with Sammy Watkins, presumably Damian Williams, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. There's definitely a lot of key matchups in this one. But, I mean, even still with Jacobs and Carr, it's still a good one to keep an eye out for. So right. I think this is an exciting matchup. I'm going to go with the Sharks on this one as much as I might I might hate myself for picking the Sharks and, and riding with Lamar Jackson. But <laughs> <clears throat> I think at least for the short term that uh, John's skill players will continue to produce. I do think uh, in the long term, I'm not sure – how these skill players will pan out, except for maybe the receivers, but I think he, John's got good matchups. Yeah, I'm gonna ride the wave on this one. I <laughs> I got bit by the sharks last week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna double down and go with the sharks again. Okay, so we've got our fourth matchup. <clears throat> Excuse me, we've got uh, the Bears, Karma's a Mitch, and the SUNY Game of Jones. So I'll start this one off. Um, I do think Le'Veon Bell is the person you have to watch out for in the absence of. Sam Darnold, he might be the one to decide this matchup. You've got Devontae Freeman opposite of Julio Jones on the two different teams. So I think that could be exciting. Oh, and Matt Ryan as well. So that could be a pass touchdown. I mean, if you get that Matt Ryan to Julio Jones, that could just really put it away for Bobby. Oh, yeah. Um, So I think that's the the matchup to watch. They're certainly going to be taking a look at the Sunday night football game. 
Yeah, I think the Monday night players are going to be Le'Veon Bell and Nick Chubb. So, you know, two RB1s. That'll be that'll be a very exciting Monday night for these two. Right, I forgot about the, the Monday night battle they got there. Yep, and also uh, Kelsey against Tyrell Williams, the two uh, skill passers or pass catchers on uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs. Yeah, there's a lot invested in just a very few number of games this week. Yeah, this is uh, this is exciting. I'm going to go with Game of Jones on this one. I think uh, I, I do like the matchups. I think the Falcons, I think Julio will have a good game, which means Matt Ryan will have a good game. I like Goff's matchup against the Saints. You know, obviously I, I made this pick earlier this week, so I'm a little bit upset with Jordan or O.J. Howard's lack of production last night, but I'm still going to roll with Game of Jones. Yeah, O.J. Howard through two games doesn't even hasn't even eclipsed, what, three points, I believe? So he's having issues with tight ends. Bobby, I, I have a Delaney Walker for sale. If you're really interested, you know, come talk to me. This goes for anyone. I have Delaney Walker. Delaney is a solid tight end. I'm just going to throw that out there. Nobody wants your fossil. We're not paleontologists. He might be a fossil, but he can produce. Okay. He's still got, he's still got juice in those legs, unlike anyone else on the Titans offense. Okay. And I'll just quickly say that the Bears, starting John Ross, who exploded last week, this could be the player that gets them through this. I'm going to go with the Bears again, even though they burned me last week. And for our final fifth matchup, we have a special treat. Like I said, we have a special guest with us here to talk to us about not guilty versus SUNY no lady stuff. It is Bryce Barber himself. How are you doing, Bryce? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. What have you been up, up to lately? Um, Fantasy-wise? Just making some trades with some other respectable team members of the league. Yeah, you just completed the trade with uh, Austin. I did, yeah. I uh, I ended up trading my uh, fourth-round pick, Damian Williams and Jarvis Landry, for some wide receiver depth, uh, Tyler Boyd and Julian Edelman. So you're shipping off Damian Williams to help out with this Mike Williams situation. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not sure how he's going to pan out for the weekend. He was my wide receiver, too, so with him being hurt, I needed some depth, and I needed to make a trade quick, so. How do you feel about starting uh, D.D. Westbrook now with uh, Nick Foles out? I heard that D.D. had a lot of uh, connection with Nick Foles in the preseason, but, you know, the first game, I'm not, I'm not sure if him versus Gardner Minshew is really going to be a difference. They're not a great team offensively in general. And they're playing the Texans. So I don't know. We'll see as it goes on. So let's uh, let's actually you know back up. Let's rewind to the draft because I'm I'm curious about you know of all of the the draft trades that happened. I think one of the more notable ones was again with the the Griffins. Right, you guys uh, swapped picks. Yeah, I uh, had the eighth overall selection, and that's not something due to all my ma- my mock drafts. That's not a not a pick I was very happy with. So I knew Austin was looking to trade. And after many, many discussions, I traded my second round pick, moved back six spots in the fourth round with his, and my fifth round pick to go to second overall, which I ended up taking McCaffrey, which I'm pretty happy about. Yeah, you can't complain with uh, McCaffrey, who just put up, what, at least 30 points, I think? Thirty, Yeah, 33, something like that. So how do you feel with McCaffrey, then Zeke, and then eventually got Austin Eckler? That's a scary-looking trio. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy sitting there. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty nervous when Zeke was in his holdout. 
I acted pretty calm about it, but if he didn't come back, I think my season would have been hurting pretty bad. But the, the Eckler pick, I was pretty confident. I didn't know he would be the running back one after the first week, but I can't complain at the moment. I would say I definitely have the top three running back trio right now, so we'll just see if they can keep it up for the long run. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. And you were able to get Eckler all the way down in the eighth round. I mean, obviously, playing Monday morning quarterback here, I feel like he certainly would have been taken a lot higher knowing what we know now. Um, I will say that Melvin Gordon could come back at any point, uh, obviously. So that is something uh, to certainly keep in mind. And not sure how you feel about potentially losing that depth, especially now considering you've just traded away Damian Williams. Yeah, that was an issue of mine for the trade, Damian Williams. But um, I think even if Melvin does come back, which hopefully he doesn't for my fantasy sake, but if he does, I still, Eckler's only going to be my flex at that point, as I do have Zeke and McCaffrey as must starts. So even if he comes back and lowers Eckler back to what he was last year, still a fine player, I think I'll be just fine. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he was a very serviceable handcuff slash RB2 uh, to Melvin last year, and I think certainly he's shown the Chargers staff that he's definitely more viable and serviceable than just as a handcuff this year. I mean, he's been um, making a lot of explosive runs, and uh, certainly they haven't been holding it back. And, uh, I mean, small sample size with week one, but it certainly looks like it's not going to be a, a committee with Justin Jackson. It's certainly looking like it's his job and his job alone. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think J- Justin Jackson only had uh, 15 or so snaps compared to Eckler's, uh, I think, almost two two or three times that. Uh, yeah, I am with Mike Williams and Hunter Henry both getting hurt. Not sure if Mike will play on Sunday, whenever they play. But with both of them getting hurt, I don't see Eckler really slowing down anytime soon. So I'm pretty happy with him right now, especially in the eighth round as a pick. So in light of the the Mike Williams injury, what's your lineup looking like uh, heading into Sunday here? I mean, uh, obviously Thursday's already happened, but what what, what receivers specifically are you looking at starting? Yeah, I'd say Amari's a must-start every week, especially his Cowboys offense looks fantastic from week one. So I think he's a must-start. And then I think... I think I'm going to go D.D. Westbrook. I like his matchup against the Houston Houston cornerbacks. Um, and then I'm going to have Tyler Boyd or Julian Edelman. That's a pick I have yet to make. I'm going to keep uh, Colin guessing right up until the, ga- the gun. But, uh, yeah, one of those two will be my wide receiver three. Could be intriguing to start a Patriot against his uh, entire squad of Patriots. The main question or I guess issue or concern I would be having if I were you perhaps, and maybe this is just coming from myself as a owner of James Conner, but you've got Ben Roethlisberger and Vance McDonald on your roster, and, and especially in light of that Sunday night game against the Pats week one, are you at all nervous about their production going forward? I mean, I personally, I certainly don't think it's going to be the same offense without both Antonio Brown and... Le'Veon Bell in the fold so I'm just curious if you know I'm not sure exactly where you took uh Roethlisberger I know it certainly couldn't have been that high yeah ninth round so I know you got him late but just curious if you're at all concerned about their production 
I'm not so much concerned with Ben Roethlisberger. I am as Vance McDonald. I was hoping Vance would be a uh, a higher target in this offense without AB and Le'Veon Brown. But I, against the Patriots, I can never I can never judge based off that, especially for the Steelers. So I'd say for right now, I'm not worried about either of them. But in a week or two, if it's the same production, uh, I'll probably be looking for maybe another quarterback or possibly getting rid of Vance, getting someone else in there. Right, and you just picked up Andy Dalton, so that'll be something to consider if Bell's woes continue. Or not Bell's, I'm sorry, Ben Roethlisberger's woes continue. Yeah, I wasn't happy about it. I was very fine with having Nick Foles as my QB3. But him going down, I know he's on IR right now, so he's out at least six to eight weeks. So we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, for now, Andy Dalton's going to be my backup. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously worse – the situation could have been a lot worse. I mean, losing a QB3 isn't the worst thing in the world. And also, I feel like, you know, Zach Taylor, I think, has is going to be doing a lot with that Bengals passing game, especially now that Joe Mixon's a little bit banged up. So, who knows? It might have even been a quarterback upgrade in long haul going from Dolan, or going to Dolan from uh, Foles. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Only time will tell at this point. Sure. I do have Andy Dalton and Boyd after this trade, so it's another QB wide receiver duo I'll have. So, you know, maybe that, that'll work out. But uh, at this point, I don't think I'll be starting Dalton anytime soon. Are you at all concerned with Ross and how he did uh, this past week and how that might affect your new player, Tyler Boyd? Yeah, I'm always concerned if one player goes off. Not as much week one, but... At if any point a player goes off, I know John Ross hopefully has taken a huge step forward for his NFL sake because he's been atrocious since he's been drafted. So Tyler Boyd is only uh, depth at this point. I know my wide receivers are lacking, so having Edelman and Boyd gives me a little bit of options for my wide receiver three. So at the moment, I'd say I'm fine, but if it does continue week two, week three, yeah, I'll definitely be nervous about it. Well, sure, it's always good to have options. <clears throat> and, you know, you you were the, the top-scoring team, you know, week one, and obviously small sample size, but it doesn't seem to me like you've got too much to worry about, uh, and options are always good. Why don't we move on to the, uh, the matchup itself? As of today, we've got a projected totals of um, NLS at about 129 and not guilty is at 119. So, Bryce, talk us through um, the approach to this matchup and what you're seeing maybe on Collins' squad and uh, just how you see yourself faring this weekend. Um, the past couple years, I've gone into every matchup thinking I was going to win, um, and usually I'm right almost every time. Wow, okay, I see. But uh, definitely Collins' team... He did beat me in the playoffs last year, so it's got me thinking a little bit. He does have, I can't even count how many Patriots he has starting, even on his whole roster. And they are playing the uh, pretty bad Miami Dolphins. So that worries me a little bit, but I think best case scenario, they're up 35 nothing going into the fourth. Brady's benched. His whole team kind of sits out. Uh, worst case scenario, Brady goes off for 500 yards, and my team's hurting. He's starting, he's starting five Patriots right now, including the defense, uh, after he just picked up Philip Dorsett 
today and uh, put him in at the flex spot. Hopefully Adam Gase goes back and coaches the Dolphins for a week because he does seem to know how to beat them. Maybe some Miami miracle, they'll put up a fight against them. But I don't know. I, I do expect a win. But if I if I do lose, it will be entirely the Patriots' fault. And he, and Colin just picked up uh, T.J. Hawkinson, so comparing him to your your current tight end Vance McDonald, hopefully he doesn't do the damage he did in Week One. Yeah, they've got they've got McDonald ranked or projected higher this week. They have McDonald at five point nine, and they only have Hawkinson at five point seven. I don't know sometimes where. ESPN gets these projections from. Maybe it's because uh, Detroit's playing the Chargers defense, which could be better against tight ends than the Seahawks, who is the team that the that Pittsburgh's playing. So I don't know. I mean, on paper, Hawkinson had a great week last week, and he, that that was a great um, you know waiver claim that Colin made, as we mentioned earlier in the show. So that that is a, a point that I think he might have the advantage there. Also interesting that you have... Roethlisberger, and you have Vance McDonald, as we just mentioned, and Colin has Juju Smith-Schuster. So this matchup could be ultimately decided by who's getting Ben's touchdowns this week. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's Vance McDonald. I am accounting for Juju getting some touchdowns. I'm accounting for the Steelers to do better in general than three points like they did last week. They're, they're not a team that you can keep down for a long time. I don't think they've had a losing season what, five, five, ten years, something like that. So Big Ben knows what he's doing. I think Vance McConnell will have a ten-point-plus week. That's my prediction. And Colin also is starting Chris Carson, too, on the other side of the ball. Right, right. And Chris Carson coming off that monster performance as well, 18 points. If anything, it's going to come down to the Patriots and Dolphins and Steelers and Seahawks for this matchup. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear-cut. I mean, considering how many Patriots that Colin is starting and considering how many Steelers are involved in both on both rosters, I think that's a fair assessment. So, Brandon, who was who your pick uh, for this matchup between NLS and Not Guilty? Well, I didn't get it correct last week, and ESPN is giving NLS, surprisingly, only a 54% win probability. But I'm going to agree with them here. I'm going to pick NLS this week. Yeah, I think I'm going to also go with NLS. I was right last week. Uh, you know, given the last two, three seasons, historically, it's it's hard to bet against NLS, at least in the regular season. Um, so I'm going to roll with the uh, the hot hand, and I will also be going with NLS this week. Yeah, same with me. I'm going to go with NLS as well. <laughs> We'd hope so. Hopefully you go one for one. <laughs> yeah, two and zero oh start is always a a good thing to have at the beginning of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think the past two seasons I've started off. I don't know when I've gotten my first loss. The past couple seasons, it's been halfway through, three quarters of the way through. So we'll see what happens. If I do lose, it'll be uncharted territory for me. That's true. A, a, a five hundred record. I don't know when the last time that's happened for NLS. I have to go back in the records to find that one. <laughs> Pretty far back. Head to the archives. Well, Bryce, it's been great having you. Hopefully, you'll join us again down the road. Yeah, definitely. If I start off uh, 10 and 0 or so, bring me back on. You can ask me my secret. If I lose in the playoffs, 
never come back on, but absolutely. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and sharing your thoughts. And uh, on behalf of the podcast, we just uh, wish you the best of luck this season. And unless, of course, you're playing one of our two teams, in which case, uh, you know, we hope that we hope the luck favors the other the other party. But yeah, good to talk to you, and uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. Take care. So, uh, you know, jam-packed episode, you know, we covered a lot. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk on the chat, especially about the the not guilty kids debacle, Monday night debacle with the scoring adjustment. Um, Just a good week of content, and uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all uh, here next week. Yeah, hope you liked it all. Let us know what you think about the content, what we should keep, possibly toss general thoughts and comments let us know in the chat go beagles